Good morning. I know on a day like this, a couple of things happen. First of all, Brian Roder does not put the top down on his Jeep. And secondly, lots of people are joining us online that otherwise would be here. So I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge everybody online. Hi, everybody online. You can do that too. Uh, we're glad that they're joining us, everybody is that's online, but everybody that's here in person today too. I didn't think that I was able to predict the future a couple of years ago, and now I rarely even try to guess what it's going to look like in a year or two. Where are we going to be in one or two years? That matters to most of us, and in light of that, I want to introduce a new series today called Where Will You Go? To help me with that introduction, I want to point to a book that has reached a lot of people since it was first published in 1990. It became a number one bestseller nationwide. It continues to spike in sales every year from April to June. And it was written by one Theodore Seuss Geisel. His last book, published during his lifetime, most of us know him as Dr. Seuss. Yes, I'm going to read Dr. Seuss in just a moment. Now, the book is more of a motivational speech. It sounds like an address at a graduation ceremony. In fact, that's probably the place where you most often hear excerpts from this poem. But it's not just for graduation day. It's titled, Oh, the Places You'll Go. The main character of the book is a little guy who is actually you, and the narrator spends the book talking to you about your future and what it will hold. It is written in classic Dr. Seuss style. It starts out like this. Congratulations. Today is your day. You're off to great places. You're off and away. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own and you know what you know. And you are the guy who will decide where to go. It's an upbeat, you-can-do-it kind of encouraging poem, but it also has some sobering realism worked into it. Wherever you fly, you'll be best of the best. Wherever you go, you will top all the rest, except when you don't, because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say so, but sadly, it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. And everybody said... Amen. But it assures you then that it's all going to be okay. Step with care and great tact and remember that life's a great balancing act. Just never forget to be dexterous and deft and never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will indeed. 98 and three quarters percent guaranteed. Kid, you'll move mountains. I like all oh, the places you'll go. Lots of people like that. Encouragement is good, isn't it? Being reminded to take responsibility for your own life, that's good. Being realistic about life's challenges is good. But something is missing from that story. An encouraging word from Dr. Seuss isn't going to be all that you need. In fact, even Dr. Seuss knew that. He wrote that into it. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too. Games you can't win because you'll play against you. All alone 
Whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants. There are some down the road between hither and yon that can scare you so much you won't want to go on. More than any time before in my lifetime, that's where I see more people are. Scared out of their pants. Afraid to go on. And so what, besides a strong will, besides determination and fortitude, is the key to moving forward when you're playing games that can't be won and you can't see how to move forward in life? The missing component of all this is faith. Faith is that thing that allows you to move forward when you can't see what is ahead. In fact, Faith is the opposite of walking where you can see. Paul says that in 2 Corinthians, that we walk by faith, not by sight. Abraham was a real man who lived a real time in human history about 4,000 years ago. And the record of his story starts near the end of Genesis chapter 11. If you've got your Bibles or your device, however you get it open. Get it open to Genesis chapter 11 and 12 this morning. Abraham is a key person in the Bible, an important Bible character that we'll note a lot about throughout these next weeks. His name shows up 71 times in the New Testament. His life is filled with moments where he makes the choice to live by faith rather than just by what he could see. Hebrews 11 A great chapter about faith mentions 16 different people by name and what they accomplished by faith. Abraham takes up a fourth of that chapter. In other words, one of the ways to get a better grasp of what faith in God looks like and what faith in God can do and how to do it is to take a good look at Abraham, which is what we're going to do for a few weeks. Abraham's story is introduced to us when he is born and grows up in the very real place, the land of Ur. We're basically looking then at Iraq and Turkey and Syria on a map today. And then we'll see how Abraham traveled down from what is, to what is modern-day Israel. So I want to start reading that story in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, and Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram. And said, To your offspring 
I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. I want to discover together what faith did in the life of this man and see how that helps us. First, I want you to see this, that faith helps us to move out without knowing what's ahead. When we piece together from different places in the Bible that speak about this event, we can tell that Abraham actually made two long journeys at God's command. Look back over it and you'll see that. Abram was being sent out to a place he didn't even know about. Hebrews 11 puts it this way, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he did not know. And or that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Abraham didn't have Google. He didn't read travel brochures about visiting the Dead Sea resorts, or going fishing in Capernaum. When God said go, he went not knowing where he was going. That was a faith thing. Just moving, even when you know where you're going to move, is tough, isn't it? Changing locations, new surroundings, new friends, new doctors, new grocery stores, new gas stations, New routines, new driving routes to learn, new attitudes about other drivers to learn. No wonder moving is one of the big life-changing events that contributes to stress. It's on that list of things that you get too many of these, you're going to have a heart attack. Have you seen those? Life is less productive, more painstaking, less secure feeling when you move, when you leave what's familiar and go. Whatever living arrangements Abraham had, he left every one of them. He left them all behind. He made a long trip to a place where he had never been, where he didn't know anyone. He had a, house, a household, he had livestock that he had to take care of. So moving wasn't an easy thing to do. But verse 10 of Hebrews 11 says that he did this because he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Wrap your mind around that for a second. Abraham, 4,000 years ago, had his sights set on heaven. However much he understood about heaven, that's what he was looking forward to. So let me encourage us this morning not to sweat over the future because of this. God has already seen it. He already knows what he's going to help us through. And when we think about that, not just as individuals, but when we think about that as a church family, it can really help us. I believe that God wants us, Central Christian Church, to move forward, not to stall out. Amen? Not to stagnate. His kingdom is on the move. No, we're not sure exactly what's ahead, but by faith, we're traveling into it. Faith goes without knowing what's ahead. That means, then, that it keeps loose tent stakes. 
You ever tried to take down a tent when you were camping and found out that you didn't need to drive the stakes quite so deeply into the ground? That could be a problem. You know, tents are supposed to be movable, and so tent stakes are supposed to be removable. You're supposed to be able to just pull them up. But it can be tempting, can't it, to take the back of the hatchet and hammer that thing on down into the ground till you can't see it. Job well done. Not exactly. That might feel satisfying, but it's not a good idea. If you've got to drive tent stakes that deeply into the ground so that the tent can withstand a typhoon, you probably shouldn't be staying in a tent right then. Faith involves keeping loose tent stakes so that you're free to pull them if God tells you to. I'm talking about things in life that require tough change, but also are when God calls you. Think about those. When God wants to get something done by somebody, he goes into their life and he calls for them to make some kind of a change. It might involve how many people live under your roof, where you live, where you work, who you hang around with, your schedule, your budget, your retirement, your whole future on earth. But if something different is going to be accomplished, then we have to change something we're doing, don't we? I've been praying for almost two years now that God would help us learn whatever it is he wants us to learn from COVID. Apparently, we haven't yet. Not entirely. And God may be planning for you or for me or for all of us to pull up some stakes. So I ask this morning, in a figurative sense, just how deeply are your stakes driven? We need to tug on them from time to time, see how willing we are to pull up the stakes, to pack up the tents of security, to go where God says to go. Because faith doesn't squeal when the tent stakes have to be pulled. It's ready to move when it needs to. And even though faith moves without seeing what is ahead, here's another feature about it. It isn't blind. You know, there is a difference between faith and willful blindness. Just like driving down Alpine Road at 5 p.m. with your eyes closed, that's not faith. That's stupid. There's a difference. Faith is having your eyes open even when it's dark. That's different than closing your eyes when it's light out. Well, Abraham had this general knowledge. God pointed him in the direction he wanted him to go. God spoke to him and told him what he was going to do. This was no small matter. Two times, in fact, look at the text that we read this morning. Once from Ur to Haran, he went north. And then from Haran to what became Judea, he went south. God directed him to go, to break family ties, to leave the security of a home and live in tents as nomads, to go to some place where he had never seen. It's interesting to me that the story leaves out the conversation he had with his wife. It just says that he took up everything that they had and they set out two times on foot. 
for trips that were each about 600 miles. That'd be like walking from here to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I checked it on Google Maps. Doesn't record the weeks of traveling, the hot days and cold nights. It does record that Abraham, when he was called to do this, was 75 years old. That was middle-aged in those days. And God told him, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. There was a lot that wasn't clear. But one thing was, God was commanding him to do this. And Abraham acted on what was clear. What made Abraham so certain that he should go to some place he'd never seen? Pretty simple. God plainly told him to do it. And even though it didn't all make sense, even though it wasn't convenient, even though he hadn't ever seen where he was going, he knew this. God said to go. He was going to follow, go, to follow God. Sometimes following God's commands can feel like that. Sometimes it can feel like taking a big risk, but you know what's really risky? What's really risky is when you see the clear command of God and fail to do it. God understands which paths lead us to the highest good. The only way that we can arrive at the summit of those is through a long series of steps called obedience. Faith helps us move forward without knowing what's ahead. Here's something else. I look at Abraham's life and I see this, that faith keeps contact with God along the journey. I've heard more than one preacher from a different theological bent try to describe faith like this. Faith is like a highway to salvation, that we're saved by grace through faith. That's what Ephesians 2.8 says, right? We're saved by grace through faith. And so faith is like the highway. And so they try to tell us, once you're saved, you're there. Faith is this thing that gets you there, and after that, it really doesn't matter much. But you know what? I look in the life of Abraham, and I, that's just not the picture of faith that Abraham's life shows us. His journey of faith involved this ongoing relationship with God. Yeah, it, it has a good start. Abraham did. Abraham took that first big step away when God called him to go out, out the front door, out of his old place in Haran. Faith helps us to start out on adventures that otherwise we would never begin. It has a good start. You listening? That's true right now. And if you've come to the point where you believe in Jesus as your only hope to be forgiven of sin, that's faith, by the way. That faith will bring you to a good start. What better way is there to start than today to have your sins forgiven as you're baptized into Jesus and begin a new life? Do you believe it or not? You see, people hear the Lord speak through his word. They either believe it or they don't believe. People who believe make a start. And that's the pattern from the very first day that the church began. Maybe you didn't expect to start that adventure this morning, but I can tell you with confidence that is God's will for your life. Whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us online, his will is that you would be washed, that you would be justified, that you would be sanctified, that you would begin that new life. The faith doesn't stop with just a good beginning. It also keeps a good pace. 
We'll see in Abraham's life that he maintained his journey of faith. Twice we find him this morning in chapter 12 worshiping God by building an altar, one at Shechem, one at Bethel. He already has shown a great deal of faith in God. There will be other times that are going to call for him to have faith. And along the way, Abraham is careful to keep in touch with God. These days, I think more than others make it necessary to speak even more about this, how that line of communication is a necessary part of our ongoing, ongoing faith in God. Don't think for a moment that you're going to reach some point in your life, some place where you don't need to work at communication with God. If you really believe that there is this creator God, like the one that we read about in the Bible, if you really have faith in the almighty and merciful God who loves you, who gave his son for you, if you sincerely accept that what he has told us about himself is true, if you have faith in God, then you know that communication with him is not only important, it is essential. Amen? How could we not? It keeps a good pace. It also navigates the hills and valleys. When you read the story about Abraham, when you learn about Abraham, remember that Abraham was a real man. And the less that we think about him as some legendary figure or some character in a storybook, the more we'll be able to learn from him. Abraham didn't live a perfect life. That'll become obvious. There were mountaintop times, like this one that we read about today, where he did exactly what he was supposed to do. But there were also valleys. There were times when Father Abraham didn't do what he was supposed to do. Can you relate? Or is it just me? Sometimes we'll be on the mountain. Those times when we get it right, those times when we step out in faith and God reaffirms our faith and we grow and things are going like they should and then there are going to be the other times, some valleys along the way. Those times we'd rather not remember or talk about that we failed. But living out our faith can sustain us in those times because it keeps in contact with God. I've told the story before about a man who was praying to God about his faith walk. He said, Lord, I've really done well today. So far, I've remembered to talk with you. I haven't gotten angry at anyone. I haven't lied or lusted or been materialistic. But in a couple minutes here, I'm going to get out of bed. And I'm really going to need your help. Anybody else been there? We're going to learn from Abraham's life how having faith means you keep in contact with God along the way. And we're going to continue to see how faith positions you to be used by God. Near the end of Hebrews 11, after going through and talking about all the different things that people accomplished by faith, the author kind of rushes to the end of his point. He's been recalling story after story after story of what people were able to do because of faith. And he finally says, what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms and forced justice 
obtain promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. All these things he talks about that happened because people made the choice to take God at his word and act on it. Don't be mistaken. God can work through any person or any circumstances that he chooses, and he will. But in these lives of these people of faith, God had big plans to carry out. But if they were going to be done through Abraham, Abraham had to obey. By faith, Abraham obeyed. When he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham's faith in God put him in a position where God could use him to do great things. Church, I believe that God's best work is going to be done through Central Christian Church when the greatest number of people at Central Christian Church put themselves in the right position to be used by God. So I challenge you to say in your heart, Lord, I believe in you. I want to be used by you. And I'm available anytime you need me. Whatever the job, whatever I'm doing, you can call on me anytime I'm available. If you want to call up the office and say that to me or Brian or Brian, that'd be fine too. But let's start with telling God that. All the places you'll go without knowing where. With a little help from Dr. Seuss. Welcome to faith. Today is your day. You're off to faith places if you'll give God his way. He put brains in your head. He put feet in your shoes. And faith is something you get to choose. He will explain the part that you play. And you are the one who decides to obey. You look up and down streets, look them over with care. About some you will say, it's not right to go there. With your faith and your brains and your shoes full of feet, you're too smart to go down any not-so-good street. And you may not find any that suit your own menu. In that case, just follow to places he sends you. It's better there anywhere where God has you go. So step out of town to the place he will show. Out there things can happen and frequently do when people add faith to brains and feet, too. And when things start to happen, don't worry. Stay true. Just follow his lead. You'll start happening, too. Kid, with faith, you'll move mountains. All the places you'll go without knowing where. Maybe today God is urging you to leave an Ur or a Haran, some place in life where Things are comfortable and secure, but God's got plans for something greater. Maybe it's a plan you have for your life or you've got a job or a house or a clique or a quiet corner in the church where you feel like you're never expected to do very much. Maybe he's calling you to some new area of service that really needs to be done, but there's nobody else at this time stepping forward to take it on. Maybe it's your need to leave the false comfort of life outside of Jesus. And today is the day that you accept him. 
and begin to walk in faith. Whatever it might be, let your faith in God make you available to him today to go without knowing. If you're joining us online, you're wondering, what do I need to do to become a follower of Jesus Christ? Let me spell it out in the simplest of terms. In the New Testament, when people ask, what do I need to do? The answers all put together end up like this. If you believe in Jesus Christ with all of your heart, you need to repent of your past life. You need to express that faith, that belief. You need to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. You need to be baptized into him to begin a new life. That's what you're wanting to do today if you're ready to begin that faith walk with Jesus. But you're not here in person, we'll make an arrangement with you. We'll get together with you, but we've got to hear from you to know about it. And so contact us, cccrockford.org connect. There's what we call a connect card. You can give us your information. We will not put you on our spam list. We will contact you. We will get in touch with you and, and talk to you about your relationship with the Lord. For some reason, you're joining us here online today, if you're online. And so we want to be able to be in contact with you. Please let us hear from you. If you're here in person, and this is what you need to do, then right after we get ready here to dismiss, I'm going to be down at the front, and we'll be there to speak with you about your relationship with the Lord. But please don't let this go by as though it's something that you can just put off. This isn't the same as getting your tires balanced and rotated. This is about the most important decision of your life. You here, here, let's stand up together. Let's pray together as we get ready to respond to God's word today. Father, we do stand before you and we thank you for the opportunity to look into your word at the life of a man of faith. God, I pray you'll help us to learn from that what we're supposed to. Uh, help us today especially, Lord, just to appreciate what it means to be willing to step out when you send us wherever that may be. And Lord, I pray that we won't hesitate, that we won't insist that we know all the details of how it's going to work out, but rather with a deep trust in you, We'll step forward. We'll pull up stakes. We'll make the changes that need to be made so that the new things that you wish to accomplish will be accomplished. Father, we especially pray for decisions that need to be made when it comes to life in you, the, the lives of people who up to this point have never acknowledged that Jesus deserves to be Lord in our lives, who have never made that commitment that promise, who have never received that new life from you. Lord, please, today, let your word not return to you empty, but to accomplish its purpose in them. Thank you. We pray in Jesus' name.